morning and welcome to the Owner to Owner podcast. My name is Felicia Harris and I'll be your host this morning. Now, you already know, owning a company is complex. There are a zillion moving parts. And when you bring employees into the picture, things get even more complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, it can be a challenge to keep it all running smoothly. And that's where everything HR come in. We do one thing, HR. We're human capital experts. We're problem solvers. We make things simpler. And this complimentary podcast will provide you with the latest HR trends. Whether you do business in your home state or across the United States, you'll be able to call in and talk with HR professionals about the issues that keep you up at night. But more importantly, you'll hear best practices from other business owners that have been in your shoes. And today is no exception. We understand that not just being good business owners or company owners or human resource professionals, we have to be good community partners. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to hear about an organization that is doing things in the community and as business owners, how we can partner with them. And I'm going to actually have my HR manager who knows been involved with the organization. She's going to introduce our, our guests and she's actually going to host and they're going to actually talk about the organization and give you more information. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Jocelyn and Jocelyn, I'll let you introduce our host. Go ahead. Awesome. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Again, my name is Jocelyn Bolden, and I, I will be filling in as your host today. And, of course, today we will talk about the ways in which the Kalamazoo Promise is transforming its community through education with our guest, Ms. Takia Lee. And, of course, the efforts used to create pathways for Promise students and how businesses compare with the foundation to expand those efforts. And so now, Sakia, please tell us about you and please share with us about the Kalamazoo Promise. Thank you so much, Jocelyn and Felicia. Before I get into telling you all about me this morning, I just want to thank the Everything HR staff for allowing me to be a guest this morning and to have this platform to tell you more about my exciting, amazing, wonderful job and the Kalamazoo Promise. Um, I will start with telling you about me. I believe that education can be a pathway for students to achieve their dreams. As a first-generation college student myself, I know the importance of having equal access to post-secondary education programs. In my role as the Director of Community Collaboration for the Kalamazoo Promise, I work directly with our community partners day in, day out to align best practices, supports, and resources for our Promise students. Now, I come into this position with over 16 years of post-secondary education experience at the local, state, and national levels, I've served as the executive director of the Learning Network of Greater Kalamazoo, which deals with nine school districts. I also served as the director for higher education initiatives for the National Association for the Education of Homeless Children and Youth and worked in 25 states. And I've also worked here in the state of Michigan with many students and families in various roles at Eastern Michigan University and Wayne State University. I hold a bachelor's in communication from Eastern Michigan University and then a master's in counseling education from Wayne State University. So as you can see, uh, my whole professional career has been around education and that has afforded me the ability to work for the Kalamazoo Promise. 
Now I'm going to get into the promise. I'm going to give you a lot of details that may kind of go over your head. So I want to start by giving you my contact information just in case you're like, hey, Zakia, you went by really fast with that particular topic or that particular resource or how we can get connected. You can check out our website at www.kalamazoopromise.com, all one word, Kalamazoo, for those of y'all that are not familiar with it. It's spelled K-A-L-A-M-A-M-A. Zoo, like Z-O-O, promise.com. And then my direct contact information is C Lee, C-L-E-E, at KalamazooPromise.org. And no worries, I will make sure that you have all of that information again. Now, let me tell you about the Kalamazoo Promise for those of you that are not familiar. The Kalamazoo Promise, because we get compared to a lot of scholarship programs and we kind of really feel like the Tesla scholarship programs. Um, the Kalamazoo Promise is a scholarship program that pays for tuition and mandatory fees for students that graduate from Kalamazoo Public Schools. And that may sound very simple. However, we were the first place-based scholarship program in the nation to say, hey, we want to make sure every student that comes through this public school system, that comes through these doors, doors know that they can go to college and not have the financial burden of paying for it. I also mm -hmm. want to note that although we are paying for tuition for students, they still have the opportunity to get any kind of federal financial aid, any institutional aid, any other scholarships. So we're not a scholarship that penalizes students for being smart or um, having some financial need in order to receive scholarships. The Promise was launched and announced in 2005. So we are funded by anonymous donors. That's another thing that sets us apart from other scholarship programs. We literally don't know who we work for. We are just tasked with doing great, amazing work in our community. It was announced in 2005. It was on TV. It was on the radio. And families come up to me every day, and they can pinpoint where they were at when they found out that their students would be able to go to school for free. Well, go get their tuition paid for for free because there are other costs. Um, our first class that received the scholarship was a graduating class of 2006. So those folks that graduated in 2005, they're a little sad, but our very first class was a class of 2006. A lot of people question why the promise was launched. And again, because I told you we have anonymous donors, we don't get to have the conversation with them and say like, what, what did you, what were you thinking about when you came together in that room that day and said, we want students to go to school and have their tuition paid for. However, we know that over time, that 13 years into this initiative, that the promise has lessened the financial burden that families face as their students go off to college. I have families tell me, we've been able to pay off our house sooner because we didn't have to worry about tuition. I have families, or I have people say that I have been able to run for this elected office or become this elected official because I could shift Funding. And we have four families alone that have received over $200,000 in tuition. So we're really transforming families and lessening that burden. We also mm, that's use phenomenal. This, yeah. And we also yeah. use this as an equity tool. Now, when I say equity, hopefully most of you all have seen the um, equity visuals where everybody is kind of getting what it, what it is that they need. And so we don't have a GPA minimum that students have to have when they come out of high school. We don't have a, you know, family financial minimum. And when we come to students of color, 88% 
of our African-American students that are eligible to receive the promise go off to college at some point in the 10-year span that we allot them to receive this award. 88%, that's huge when you think about the trajectory of African-American students going to college across the country. And then with our Hispanic and Asian Island Pacific students, 91% of them that are eligible to receive the promise go on to attend college. So I just want to let that sink in for a moment. Some folks across the country are struggling with getting folks to go to college, but we're in a town where we literally have those high percentages of our students of color going off to college. And then the last thing that we think about why the promise was launched, it was to broaden the options and choices that students have to go off to college. As I get deeper into this, you'll see that we have coined the term your path, your promise. So we know that some students just want to get a certificate, some just want to get an associate's, some want to get a bachelor's degree, and some want it all. We never push on students, you should go into education, be a teacher, go into nursing, it's hot right now. We literally, I have been in kindergarten classrooms, and I'll say, you know what the promise is? And kids will say, yeah, you, you're going to pay my tuition for me to be a mechanic. And I'm like, whoa, I can't tell this little kid not to do that. <laughs> we literally want you to be whatever it is that you want to be. So that's the other thing. And also, um, it opens the the uh, the way that students can either stay at home because now you, you may be able to afford housing on campus because you don't have to pay for that tuition. Or if they say, like, I really want to go to a private school, I really want to go away. It's just so many more options, if you can imagine. If any of you all are like me and you're student loan holders, just think about what it would be like if somebody paid your tuition. Now I want to get into the eligibility requirements to receive the promise, because some people hear about us and they're like, is it really real? Is it true? Like, what's the catch? There is no catch. So let me walk through what those eligibility requirements are. So you have to live in the city or township of Kalamazoo. That right there alone kind of strikes some folks out. Their students may attend the Kalamazoo Public Schools, but they live one town over. By name, by being place-based, you have to live in the city or the township of Kalamazoo. Students have to attend Kalamazoo Public Schools and then graduate from one of our four high schools. Students have to receive a diploma or a GED from one of those schools. So all just very simple minimum things. I've already mentioned that we don't have the GPA requirement coming out of high school, but once students get into college, they must maintain a 2.0 grade point average and be enrolled full-time at their institution of choice unless they're going to our local community college, which is Kalamazoo Valley Community College. But that's it. That, those are the requirements. Now, if students, if students go to Kalamazoo Public Schools from kindergarten through 12th grade, they get 100% of their tuition and mandatory fees paid for by the promise. Then we have a sliding scale that prorates because some students come in third grade, some students come in fourth grade, so it, they kind of lose 5% each year after that grade level, but the very beautiful thing I'll tell you is that students can receive up to 65% of their tuition and fees paid for by the promise if they only come here for high school. So we are in a town where folks are literally moving from across the country to have their kids go and get their tuition paid for for free. I know um, a mother personally that moved, her family moved from the state of Washington. She has five kids and she was like, 
I found out this is legit. I found out that all my babies can get it, and we are moving across the country. And so we see that happen all the time. Now I want to walk through how long students have to use their promise eligibility. And this is really important because the national college rates for graduation, if you stay focused, you stay on task, is six years. It's about six years. So we give students up to 10 years or 130 credit hours, whichever comes first. They may be like me. They may change their major. They may have to retake a class. Uh, but we give them 10 years or 130 credit hours to receive the promise. We factor in life changes. We know that some people at 18, they just don't know what they want to be. But at 24, they may have figured it out. We know that some folks have to work right away after high school. We know that some folks want to start a family or they may take on the responsibility of raising younger siblings. So we factored all that in and said you have 10 years or 130 credit hours, whichever comes first. One particular group of students that I want to highlight as I talk about this 10 years is our students that go off to serve into the military. We decided when this thing launched that if students go off to serve, we want to extend the time they have to use this. So if a student goes off and they serve for four years, six years, 10 years, then they still get to utilize a Kalamazoo Promise. So we still tell students, if you know that you want to go into the military as a pathway, don't let the promise be a determinant if you do that or not. We're going to still be here and still make sure that you're able to utilize the promise once you get through serving. Now I want to get into the money. I want to tell you how much money we have spent since this thing launched and for how many students and what degrees they have, et cetera. To date, we have spent $124 million in tuition and fees for students from Kalamazoo Public Schools. Now, some scholarship programs have spent that on kids from all across the country. We've poured that right into our very own. I forgot to mention we're funded into perpetuity. So we won't run out of money anytime soon. This thing won't stop. So we spent $124 million. Very good. Very good. And this $124 million has gone so far to 5,700 students that use the Promise since we launched. But we just had graduation in June. There is now 700 more students that graduated that will go off to college in the fall. And so we're gearing up for that. That's the other thing about this is, like, it's a well-oiled machine. We're just always pumping new students into the education pipeline and always ready to pay the bills. And so it's really exciting in our office in the fall when we get a bill from Western, when we get a bill from U of M, and we're like, we need to pay them $8 million. Like, it's just we really celebrate that because we have the ability to. So it's amazing. Students can use the promise to go to any two-year or four-year public or private institution in the state. Now, I'll be honest, we do have some students that are like, I'm dead set on going to HBCU, I'm dead set on going to Purdue, and then they think that they can't use their promise. Now, they can't use their promise out of state, but I always tell students psychology 101 is the same at every institution. So we encourage them to take their classes, some in the summer, so they're not just missing out on the promise, and or if they come home, during those summer breaks later in their academic career for them to use the promise. The top two schools that our students go to are Western Michigan University or K-12 
Kalamazoo Valley Community College. So most folks elect to stay at home. And that's okay. At any given time, we have over 500 students that are attending one of those two institutions. Because again, they have that 10 years to come down the pipeline. However, like I said before, we got students that go all across the state. And I won't give you numbers for every single college, although I want to, but I will point out a few of our top lead colleges. Um, and I'll give you some numbers from the fall of 2018 and let you know where we had some students. So if anybody is a Spartan on the line or if you're in Lansing, we had 182 students attend Michigan State last year. If anybody went to the big house or you are in Ann Arbor or near it, we had 71 students at the University of Michigan. And I'll give you the numbers for my two alma mater. So we had 27 students in the heart of the city in Detroit at Wayne State University and 18 right. up the street. Yeah, and 18 right. up the street at Eastern Michigan University. And although those numbers may seem small, um, again, some folks are a little weary about going away to college or they just like to stay in town or they have other responsibilities. But I gave you those numbers because as I get into the programs that we have, the initiatives that we have, the partnerships that we have, if you're in one of those areas and you could really help one of our students, if you could expose them to a career pathway, if you could have them on um, as an intern, if you could just be a mentor, because that's really the one thing that our students are saying, like, I, I need I need a business mentor. We would love for you to connect with us and be able to work with one of our students in those particular areas. Another thing that I want to highlight, I'm talking university heavy, and I want to paint the picture again that this is your path, your promise. Um, we do pay tuition for students to attend vocational education programs that are at the community colleges. So I'll tell you a hot one right now is the wind turbine program. For those that are not afraid of heights, that like birds and like to climb, they can go through the wind turbine program and come out making six figures in a short span of time. We also work with the Michigan Career and Technical Institute and apprenticeships in the Kalamazoo Electrical and Michigan Regional Council of Carpenters and Millwrights. So if you've ever had to hire an electrician for something, you know how costly that could be. Um, but again, we want our students to think about learning livable wages and what's the best fit for them. If you are affiliated with a trade on the line, just know that we would love to continue to work with um, trade programs. The only thing that we do is we try to um, make sure that it's not a program that would impact the integrity of our students or the Kalamazoo Promise. We have all kinds of schools that are like, can we be affiliated? Can y'all pay tuition? And we're like, no, that's, that's, that's not the best in the best interest for our students if they are a proprietary um, institution that's trying to make money off of students so we don't put our students in those particular situations. But again, um, I just want to highlight that, yep, a student can go to school to be whatever they want to be. And I'll get more into pathways in a moment, but I just wanted to let you know that we're not just pumping college. I would love for every student to get a bachelor's degree, but that is what the key would want to see. Again, we try to make it be about their promise. Okay, now, awesome. And for our um, our listeners, of course, that may just be joining in and, and hearing all of these um, awesome facets in relation to the Kalamazoo Promise, um, again, we have Ms. Akia Lee here, and she is the Director of Community Collaborations with the Kalamazoo Promise. And Sakia has been sharing with us a wealth of information as it relates to the various community initiatives in relation to the Kalamazoo Promise. And we, of course, 
have learned so much in in how far the arms have reached in relation to this organization. And so, Sakia, if you could share with us or dive into ways in which um, businesses and organizations can partner with The Promise. Sure thing. So I'll get into my role with um, the community collaboration efforts. We know that students face many, many barriers as they are in pursuit of getting to The Promise. We don't think that money solves it all. We know that they have to do with poverty, food insecurity, housing, tutoring, mentoring, supports, et cetera. And so in my role, I work with partners around that. If you are listening and you're like, ah, Saki, I really have an amazing mentoring program in the city of Detroit, or I have a focus on initiatives for males of color, and i like to get involved, you can reach out to me, and I'll continue to give out my contact information at C-L-E-E-C-Lee at KalamazooPromise.com. Um, I will highlight just an example of the uh, type of partners I work with, the YWCA, Kalamazoo. They eliminate racism and empower women, so I've done a college signing day with them. I work with all the out-of-school time programs, so the Big Brothers, Big Sisters, the Boys and Girls Club, uh, those type of things. And uh, a more targeted effort would be El Concilio. They work with our Hispanic population. So, again, if you um, are in one of those type of entities and you feel like you'd like to do some community partnership, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Aside from that, we have... Oh, yes, thank you. And then we have someone that is my counterpart, which really may interest folks, who is our director of business collaboration. Um, Again, we want to have a pipeline where our students can earn those livable wages and have access to internships, apprenticeships, et cetera. Her name is Sarah Clerk. She's our director of business collaboration, and her contact information is S, and it's close with the K. K-L-E-R-K at KalamazooPromise.org. And all of this is going to be on our website. I'll give it out again. But she works with medical pipeline programs. She works with our manufacturing programs. She works to bring things directly to students and families in their core neighborhoods. So you don't have to leave your neighborhood to go and get trained to be, say, a CNA or anything like that. And, again, I mentioned earlier, for those of you that were on the line, that we work with trade unions and trade programs. So I have toured the manufacturing plants. They know that's not my thing. But Sarah is all on board to build those partnerships. Now, one other thing I want to talk about before I get into my recap is the fact that we are not the only program out here like that. Now, I mentioned we're like the Tesla of the scholarship program, but we're not the only one, right? There are 15 other places, place-based programs, cities in the state of Michigan that have a promise program. In 2009, Michigan passed legislation for folks to have similar programs like the Kalamazoo Promise. So I just want to quickly, in case you're from one of these areas and you didn't know about it, in case you have students attending these school districts and you aren't abreast of it, I want to share that with you. Um, Baldwin Community Schools has a promise, Battle Creek Public Schools, Benton Harbor Public Schools, Covert Public Schools, the city of Detroit. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about their promise in a minute. The city of Flint, those children absolutely need a promise for education. Grand Rapids, uh, the school district in the city of Hazel Park, Lansing, Mason County, Muskegon, Nuego, the school district in the city of Pontiac, River Rouge, and Saginaw School District. So as you can see, these are school districts that are in urban areas. They are 
school districts with high populations of students of color. And the state of Michigan is the only state that came up with promise zone legislations to say we care about the future of our students in these particular zones. We really want to help them. The Detroit Promise is operated by the Detroit Regional Chamber. They are working with uh, six community colleges and 17 four-year universities to send students from the city of Detroit off to college. And just from being from the east side of the state, that just warms my heart. The other thing that I'll mention is that there are now 100 programs across the country that have duplicated or brought on similar efforts to ours. And one that I'll highlight is in Arkansas, the El Dorado Promise. They say Dorado, I say Dorado, but it is what it is. They are funded by the Murphy Oil Company. So they know who their funders are. The thing that sets them apart is that their students get to go to anywhere across the country from that particular high school. Now, we haven't made it there yet. We're not paying for students to go out of state. But they pay for tuition for up to five years. You can see folks have taken this thing and kind of really made it into their own. The only other thing I will mention before I get into the recap is we talked about pathways a little bit earlier, and we have somebody on that specifically is our director of credential attainment, trying to make sure everybody that comes through the doors with the promise obtains a credential in some capacity. And in her role, we put promise folks in the high schools to be like, hey, Sakias, you come down the hall. What college do you want to go to? What do you want to be? Just reinforcing those particular things about pathways as they grow is they grow up and go through high school. We also have campus support through some of her work at uh, Western Michigan University and at Kalamazoo Valley Community College. I point that out because we don't have folks on campuses everywhere, so we still have to do some work there. And then I'll just give you the pathways that we are identifying for students to go into, knowing that they can be whatever they want to be. That's art and new media, business, education, English studies, so humanities, journalism, public relations, et cetera, of health careers, industrial trades, the building, the manufacturing, construction, science and engineering, but that is data, that research, that's design management, and even sustainable food systems. So we have folks that are just like, I just want to be a chef. Just let me be a chef. We have students that go off and, again, obtain a certificate and associate's degree bachelor's degree. We have some students that have gotten master's and PhD. You know, we don't pay for that, but because they didn't have to worry about the tuition on the early end, you know, we are starting to see students graduate from medical school and now they're doctors because we've been doing this thing for so long. So that's just a plethora of the ways the Promise has worked with the community, impacted the community. Um, this past graduating class of 2019, they've known since kindergarten that they have gotten to go and get their tuition paid for. So again, we are in a town where you could just be walking down the street and see a seven-year-old and they're hip to what the Kalamazoo promises. They know how they're going to use it. They know how it impacts them and their families. And that's very unique because you, you really don't see that happening in any other town. I know that I have gave you all a lot. I got to do a recap in a moment, but I want to give you my contact information again, um, unless Josh yeah. has anything Okay. No, I am, I am completely on board with that. Please um, reiterate how our listeners can contact you and get in touch and then definitely provide us with a, with a recap of the things in which we've recently discussed. So check out our website because, again, I know that I'm giving you all a whole lot at www.kalamazoopromise.com. 
And then my contact information is for Sakia Lee is C Lee, C L E E, at KalamazooPromise.org. So please don't hesitate to contact me if there's anything that you've heard that you're like, oh, Sakia, we really love to be involved. Now, in my recap, I'm going to hit the four areas um, that I just mentioned how the promise came about, who qualifies for it, how our community collaboration efforts, our business collaboration efforts. And I'll tell you, I talked to my director of business collaboration. I was like, Sarah, I'm giving out your information. Be prepared for it. <laughs> Be ready for it. Right. <laughs> Um, uh, our career pathways, and then again, because I don't want you to just know about the Kalamazoo Promise, I really do want you to just take a moment, especially if you're from Detroit. It's really, really important. I shouldn't even have to stress how important it is. Learn more about the Detroit Promise. So the Kalamazoo Promise is a tuition-based, so we're just paying tuition and fees, mandatory fees, for students that graduate from Kalamazoo Public Schools, the first place-based scholarship of its kind in the country. We were announced in 2005. Our first class was the graduating class of 2006, and we are funded by anonymous donors. Folks try to get me all the time and say, like, do you know who? I have no clue. I just am tasked with doing amazing work in an amazing community. The promise has been around to lessen the financial burden that families have to face. As I mentioned before, if you're paying your student loans back every month and you sign up for a 25-year payment plan, imagine babies not having to have to go through that. We are a tool for equity. 88% of our black students go on to college at some point in time from this particular town. 91% of our Hispanic students go on to college, and we do not use citizenship as a determining factor for students to get to the war. We know a lot of our Hispanic students are continuing with a lot of things, and we don't want tuition to have to be one of those things. Students can go to any two-year public institution, any four-year public institution, and through our collaboration with the Michigan College Alliances, now the private institutions, and that, that happened in 2015 that we started to pay for private institutions. So trust me, Again, some families are getting a lot of money in tuition paid. I mentioned we have four families that have gotten $200,000 in tuition. We just want that number to continue to go because we're funded into perpetuity forever and ever in a day. Students have to live in our town, graduate from one of our high schools, and minimally they can get 65% of their tuition paid for if they are just coming here for high school. So if you are listening from another state and you just want your baby to come here for high school, no worries, we're paying for tuition as long as they meet all of the other criteria. 100% of their tuition is paid for if they are here, kindergarten through 12th grade. Um, and we know that students have, may have been homeless or been in foster care or juvenile detention. We really, again, try to make this the most equitable. We have an appeals process. If parents have gone through divorce, we've looked at this thing from every single angle. Students have 10 years or 130 credit hours, whichever comes first, utilize the Kalamazoo Promise. So they can start a family, they can work, they can do those things simultaneously, they can take a break, a gap year or a three or five, but they just have those 10 years or 130 credit hours, whichever comes first. Our students have the ability to get a certificate, associates, a bachelor's degree, all of it if they want to, as long as they um, don't hit the 10 years or the 130 credit hours. 
To date, we have spent $124 million. We absolutely love when that number continues to rise. We try to guess ahead of time, like, how much money are we going to spend in the fall um, when it's time to pay for tuition? Over 5,700 students have used this award in the 13 years that we have been around. And again, we have 700 folks trying to figure out where they're going, registering for classes this summer, getting ready to use our money. I don't want to... Uh, not mention again that we have students at Michigan State, we have students at U of M, we have students at Wayne State and Eastern Michigan University. So please, if you can be of any help, of any support with a career pathway, with some exposure for these students, um, many of them, it's the first time they're even getting out of their county. So we just want to make sure that they have the most support that they can have in place. We also work with the Michigan apprenticeship programs, and Millwrights and Carpenters Association. So we're hitting this thing from every angle for students to have their path, their promise. In my role as the Director of Community Collaboration, I am in a town also where we have this amazing award, but we still have a lot of poverty. We still have issues around housing. We still have one in four black babies die before they turn one. So I have to work with my community partners to say, hey, we got to keep babies alive. We got to make sure that they are getting food, that they are getting housing, that they are getting mentoring and mental health support. So I am literally one day at a hospital meeting with staff and then doing some double dutch at an out-of-school time program. But let me tell you, I absolutely love to work with our community partners. If you are a community partner and you want to be affiliated with our program or some other program, that's a promise program. We all are trying to make barriers be lesson for our students, so please don't hesitate to reach out to me. The pathways that we are highlighting as students uh, go on their career path again are in arts and new media, business, and that even includes entrepreneurship. We see young ladies that may sell eyelashes. We're like, okay, that's amazing, but do you need some classes to better sell your eyelashes, some marketing, some graphic, something? So know that they have that option. We encourage students to go into education, English, health, industrial trades, science and engineering, and sustainable food systems. But that includes a plethora of programs. So just know, again, that it is their path, their promise. Our director of business collaboration, Sarah Clerk, is probably meeting with somebody over coffee right now trying to figure out how to get a student into an internship or an externship. I'll highlight that most of these opportunities that we have are in the Kalamazoo area. We know not every student is going to stay here. Some of them just can't wait to get away. So if you are a business in Detroit, in Ypsilanti, in Hazel Park, wherever, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We'd love to stay. We, through this call, we were able to place a student somewhere else out in the business community getting support and services and exposure. Again, we ain't the only game in town. We're one of the best, but we ain't the only game in town. The state of Michigan passed legislation in 2009 that allowed other communities to step up to the plate to lessen the burden for their students. I am going to give you all those cities again just in case somebody just came on. But Baldwin Community Schools, Battle Creek Public Schools, Benton Harbor Public Schools, Covert, the city of Detroit, Please, y'all, Google the Detroit Promise when you get off the phone if you, you get an opportunity. The city of Flint super excited that after all the water crisis, those students have the ability to get a promise. Grand Rapids, the city of Hazel Park, Lansing School District, Mason County, Muskegon area, Nuevo County, uh, the city of Pontiac, the city of River Rouge, 
Saginaw is the last one. And again, it's no surprise that these are urban areas. It's no surprise that there is concentration of poverty in these areas. And again, we just want to make sure that, you know, our students have the best chance that they can have to succeed. And we have over 100 promise programs across the country now. We have people that come to visit us all the time that call us. They're like, you know, we want to start a new program in Toledo. We want to start a program in L.A. And we're like, yes, like we cannot believe that we are the catalyst. There's um, also different legislation that's been enacted around the country, all based on the Kalamazoo Promise and its ability to create pathways for students, its ability to transform the community, and its ability to really allow students to become whatever they want to be, to give back to their community and not have to worry about tuition in the process. So that is my recap. Jocelyn, I think I want to turn it back over to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Sakia. So I would like to uh, now dig into a few questions. And I would like to know from you, where do you see the future of the Kalamazoo Promise heading? Yeah, really great question. So right now, people kind of treat us like the land of Oz, right? They don't really know how to get to us. They don't really know where we're located. It's kind of like kind of mythical right now for folks to even find us. They just know that we exist. So in 2020, they're having a new building built. This building is going to have our kind of business chamber for the west side of the state in it. We're going to have communities and schools in it. Um, there's going to be a law firm in there. We're sharing this building, but it's going to be in the heart of the city. And we are going to be opening our doors Monday through Saturday to have programming, to bring in community partners, to bring in business partners, to really start to expose students and families to more avenues. So it's just not about the scholarship and the funding. So we're literally counting down the months. We keep driving past the new building to say, like, wow, we can't wait until folks can just come walking through our doors because right now they can't do that. Aside from having the new building, um, we have 14 staff at the Promise. I didn't mention that, but we have 14 staff. Uh, Twelve of us just came on within the last two years, so we are growing and busting at the seams. We have hired Promise alums to come on to work in the high schools to be our researchers, to be our administrators, so we're really big on continuing to hire from within. We are going to bring on an alumni position. A lot of students get the promise. They go off to um, school or start their careers, and they're like, I want to give back because you all made me be able to go to school and be debt-free, and I don't know how to give back. And we didn't have an answer for that. We're like, we, we, we don't know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So we wanted, yeah, we wanted to make sure that we created an alumni position and then if they wanted to work with, say, Habitat for Humanity, we got Promise students now building houses in this community. And we don't know what that will look like, but that's kind of where we're going in the future, to go bigger, to open our doors to the community, to have programming day in, day out, to be able to bring businesses and community partners directly to students and families, to bus students and families in, and then to think about our alumni, think about ways for them to give back and just help this thing continue to keep going. Awesome. And I think that that is that's so um, tremendous that the Promise alumni can return back and have that opportunity to, to work in that capacity. So kudos to you for that. Kudos to the Promise. And I know that you mentioned earlier that the Promise has, of course, been around for a very long time. How has the Promise been able to sustain so, yeah, we've been around for 13 years. Our 14th birthday is in November. We're really excited because 
a lot of scholarship programs hold if they're not funded. I can't tell you how many um, scholarship dinner banquets I go to in a year just, just so folks can make sure that they um, are able to continue to go on. So we have been around these 13 years because we are funded by anonymous donors. They have just said right from the very start, we are going to continue to give money forever in a day. Now, we are not a foundation. We are not an endowment. We are simply a scholarship fund. We pay tuition. We get a bill. We say, this is how much money we need, and they just give it to us. So I just need folks to wrap their heads around that. But, yeah, that's how we've been around all this time is, is our anonymous donors. We only have one person on our board that knows who they are. Um, and aside from that, we don't try to figure it out. But, yeah, we don't have to do any fundraising. You'll never catch us anywhere saying we need some money. And, and I don't say that to be boastful, but just the fact that we are really in a unique position that we don't have to do any of that. But, yeah, that's how we've been able to be around for a long time. And, again, we're funded into perpetuity. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. Okay, very good. And so we have a little under – 20 minutes, and so, Saki, if you could just please share with us your contact information before we get into a few more questions. Sure thing. So it's Seeley, and I'm going to spell my name for y'all because Saki is not the easiest name to spell, right? So it is um, C-Y-E-K-E-I-A in the uh, event that you want to reach out to me and shoot an email, and I want to make sure with business etiquette that you know how to spell my name. And then my email address is C Lee, so it's C L E E at KalamazooPromise.org. Awesome. Thank you for that. And so um, I would like to know, and probably our listeners as well, um, Sakia, what methods do you use to engage with other Promise programs? Really great question. So there is a conference that's called Promise Net. And so it's kind of Promise Networking. It's, it is a Promise Network of all the programs that are in existence from across the state and across the country, because earlier in the call, I mentioned um, the El Dorado Promise. And so Promise Net is held every two years. Every other year, the Kalamazoo Promise is the host. And so we're like, okay, we know we got our folks coming from across the state, from across the country. You know, what do we want to share with them about our particular program? And although we were the first, we don't think at all that we know everything. So we have had conversations with the Detroit Promise. I have called the Muskegon Promise to say, like, how are you engaging with schools and what tools are you using to send home to parents? So one, if there's anything that we feel we need um, in-house to learn a little bit more about a Promise program, we reach out to them Folks come to visit us all the time um, to see, you know, how are we expanding as staff and how are we connecting with students and how are we connecting with alumni. People come to see that from us. And then we have this Promisement Conference, and we host it in Kalamazoo sometimes, so folks always get to come here. We're excited that they'll be able to come and see our new building. Uh, this year it's going to be in California in November. We're happy because it gets real cold around here. Um, but, yeah, that's how we interact with folks with the PromiseNet. Aside from that, there is the UpJohn Research Institute. And so they look at our program, but they look at all the programs. And so folks can go to the UpJohn Institute website and say, like, how does the Detroit Promise stack up to the Flint Promise, and how is that similar to the Kalamazoo Promise? So in a way, we interact through research. And because we're all serving underserved populations of students, um, students with high concentrations of poverty in some areas and students of color, um, we have to lean on each other. So 
we have PromiseNet, we have the one-on-ones that we kind of do with each other, and then we have the Upjohn Institute research arm that kind of keeps track of everything that all of us are doing. Okay, awesome. And for our listeners, um, our business owners, um, those of you that are definitely interested, please contact Sakia, or definitely reach out to the um, the many other cities in Michigan that do have promise programs, um, especially um, to 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 engage and to um, provide your support um, with this initiative, um, especially in the areas where you may be looking for um, internships or individuals to work in apprentice programs, as Sakia has recently discussed, um, and so. Sakia, I would like to know, more so on a personal level, how did you come into the role of championing this this initiative? Yes, so I started out in education, working with homeless students a a long time ago, and firsthand got to see the barriers that students face just as they contend with life, right? Just as they're like, I need to feed myself, I need to clothe myself. And from that initial foundation, I always knew that no matter what job I did, I would be working in education. I took some time to go work at universities so I could learn institutional levels of way that things worked and, and learn institutional systems. Again, so I would better be able to serve my community and help students. And even in those roles, I was always linked back to the community. When I worked at Wayne State, I would be entrenched in the community in Detroit. And then I spent some time working nationally across the country, seeing how things operate in Boston and in Georgia and in Florida and L.A. and just all over the place, really um, Um, just blessed to have the opportunity to travel and see how education programs work everywhere. But then I was like, okay, I'm tired of traveling. I'm well-versed. How can I be in one community where education is the center, literally the center of the community? And I I didn't really have any ties to Kalamazoo, but I knew about the promise. And so I came here and just knew that this was going to be the best fit for me again, to be in a town where the kindergartners know. Like, I, next time you see, like, a six-year-old, ask them what they want to be and how they know that they're going to do it. It's, you're, it's unreal. You're not going to find it anywhere else. So, um, yeah, the Kalamazoo Promise was the perfect fit. And through my educational experience, some personal lived experience, and community experience, I get to do what I love to do day in, day out. As I mentioned before, I could be at a hospital one moment and the next day literally be in the double Dutch twirler, not the jumper, because the babies can do double Dutch way better than me. But long answer for saying it just, I was able to come across the best fit for me career-wise. Okay, very good. And I did have the awesome opportunity to um, visit um, Sakia um, during an amazing event called Empower Her. And so if you could just please give our listeners a brief bit of information with regards to that event. Absolutely. So Empower Her College Signing Day was put together this past spring through the work of the YWCA Kalamazoo and the Kalamazoo Promise. I mentioned before that the YWCA Kalamazoo, um, all YWCAs work to eliminate racism and empower women. And we put this event together because a lot of times people think the young women are okay. They got it. The girls are all right. Nationally, black women are um, the fastest set population that's obtaining degrees. However, we know that when we get in the workplace, for all you businesses that are on the phone, when we get in the workplace, sometimes we lose our voice. We don't know how to negotiate. We weren't raised to network. We sometimes need to excel or have a mentor, and that doesn't necessarily take place. 
And so we sat down and we said, hey, we don't want young women to have this amazing scholarship, but then not have the opportunity to be empowered in the workplace. Now, this isn't the brainchild of just us. Michelle Obama has an entire Reach Hire initiative, and she has been doing this for a very long time. So we plugged into that and became one of the sites for the Reach Hire initiative. We invited out 100 young women from Kalamazoo Public Schools on a Saturday. All of them got a copy of Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and so we were really excited to have a funder give us some funding for that. We also invited out about 30 to 40 women from various roles. We had a neuroscientist, an African-American neuroscientist, one of 11 in the country come out. Um, Jocelyn was there. We had just women from different walks of life. And we didn't just expose them to women of color, but women of varying diverse backgrounds. And I can tell you, first off, the women really wanted to take those Michelle Obama books. I had to be like, leave them for the babies. But aside from that, you know, they had a really great time on a Saturday. We had the military come out because, again, we want to highlight that that could be a pathway of success for students. And in addition to them being able to get the scholarship from the Kalamazoo Promise, we worked with different partners, the Michigan College Alliances, that they are the arm that governs the private colleges in the state of Michigan. And then the Kalamazoo Community Foundation, we were able to give out scholarships for books because, again, we're not paying for books. And then we were also able to give out scholarships where students could pay for room and board. And that's really big because, again, some folks don't want to, they don't know if they're going to be able to pay for that. They may still have to stay at home. They don't know if they're going to be able to go away. So um, I was just excited pulling out names uh, to get these scholarships, handing out super big checks. We ordered big checks for the day. And it just it was a really great day to be a woman in um, this career field and to encourage other young women. We are going to have one in 2020, and we are thinking about even extending it to lower grades. Just uh, This was for 11th and 12th graders. I, um, I forgot to say that, but we're thinking about maybe a couple lower grades in high school. But, yeah, it was phenomenal. And we're also thinking about doing something for young men in the same vein but right now we're still focusing on the women but yeah that was empower her college signing day 2019 it was absolutely amazing yes it truly was and to definitely see the the bright faces of the young women to be surrounded by so many influential individuals and to know that they they definitely can have a seat at any table and so that was just it was awesome so it was just great in the way in which the community was able to to come together and and help these young women um, in that way. And so for our listeners, we have a few mom- more moments left in our podcast, um, under 10 minutes. And so, again, we have here uh, Ms. Dakia Lee, and we've had a phenomenal conversation um, with regards to community transformation through education and her sharing with us um, information on the Kalamazoo Promise and the details as it relates to their scholarship fund. And also, Takia has shared with us um, the many other cities in Michigan um, that have a Promise program and also provided us with information on how various organizations and businesses can partner with the Promise. And so, Takia, if you could please provide our audience with your information as well. Once more? Yep, sure thing. So, Sakia Lee, and that's C Y E K E I A, Lee, L E E. And then um, it's just first initial, last name, 
at KalamazooPromise.com is my contact information. And I know we have a couple more minutes left. I want to, um, for the business partners, I want to give you an example of how um, our director of business collaboration, Sarah Clerk, works with businesses. And then I want to give you her contact information again, because I'll tell you right now, I'm not well-versed in that. That's not my role. I'm a great connector, but I don't know much about like businesses and manufacturing, and she does. Just as I mentioned, Empower Her, as an example, Sarah has partnered with manufacturing programs because, or manufacturing entities, because we know that there's various skill sets there and students can climb different ladders and within the organizations. And so I'll give you one flow serve that she worked with this past year. Um, they make faucets and faucet parts and all that kind of stuff. I've, I've been to the manufacturing plant, but again, it's not my thing. At any rate, she set it up to where 11th and 12th graders could have like half a day where they are in the class and then they go and work at FlowServe and have internships, but they also have paid internships. So, and these are high school students, mind you. So not all high school students get paid to go and do work. Most of the time it's just considered like a class and they're not paid, but these students actually got to earn a check. They had transportation assistance. They got vouchers to get all the boots and all the equipment and all that jazz that they need. And then now some of them are hired on for the summer. Some of them know that they just need the summer work and they're going to go off to college. And so we don't um, put students in. We don't look at internships as just a means of, like, this is all you're going to do. We know that it's, it's an experience. And so just an example with FlowServe, um, Sarah was able to get that internship program underway. And then last summer, I don't know if they're going to do it this summer, but FlowServe actually held a community barbecue. And I mentioned this because at that particular time they were hiring. And even though we're focusing on Promise students, we know that their families may also need some employment also. So they had a community barbecue. Folks were able, yes, yeah, really amazing. They were able to come in and tour the plant. And I think we may have had, like, there were 100 folks out there, but, we may have had about 50 of them go through the tour and then a portion of them were able to get employment. So that's just the way that our business part, we work with our business partners and it's not just about promise students. That is where we want the precedence to be about promise students, but it's about their families. It makes it easier on a family if mom or dad or grandma aunt can work and then there's not that family strain. So if you are listening and you are a business and you're like, we would love to host something with the promise. We'd love to expose students to careers. We'd love to come out and talk to the community and also think about families. We're on board for that. So please don't hesitate to reach out to Sarah Clerk, Clerk with the K, and her contact information is S-K-L-E-R-K at KalamazooPromise.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that information. And so, um, again, we are wrapping up, coming to a close in this phenomenal podcast. Um, again, for our listeners, we have Mr. Kia Lee here. And, Takia, I will just have you share your information once more for our listeners. Okay, listeners, you also have it down packed by then. No, I'm just joking. Okay. So, <laughs> Check out our website at www.kalamazoopromise.org. Actually, I was giving y'all that com. Um, my orgs and my comms are being mis- mixed up this morning. But Google the Kalamazoo Promise. You'll get to our beautiful website and see all of our contact information there. If for any reason you were driving and you couldn't 
get it this morning. And then me to reach out to me directly so you can become a dynamic community partner so I can segue you into working with there for our business partnerships or really just to help our babies or other promise students across the state. You can reach out to me at C-L-E-E at KalamazooPromise.com. I'm hoping that at least one person, I'll be disappointed, y'all. I tell people all the time, after something informational like this, somebody should have a question, somebody should have some follow-through. So please, somebody reach out to me to better help our students. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for this amazing time that we have shared and all the information that you have provided to not only myself, but our listeners out there. And I definitely encourage our listeners, our business owners, various organizations to definitely utilize the, the information you've received to, to reach out and, and connect with, um, if not the Kalamazoo Promise, then the, the other Promise programs that are out there. And so um, for everyone, that is our time. And you have an awesome, fabulous day. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. Have an amazing day as well. Thank you.